This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, thanks for listening today. Eric Christensen here, host of the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Uh, I am a pharmacist and um, people have certainly asked how to contact me, reach out to me. Uh, with questions or sponsorships or other uh, things like that. LinkedIn is a great way to uh, track me down. So Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, you can track me down there, uh, as well as through the website, reallifepharmacology.com. So that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Uh, Thank you to all those who have left a rating and review. If you like the podcast, um, I would strongly encourage you to to do so. That helps us in iTunes and rankings and, and all that good stuff and allows us to be uh, found by more people. So with that, let's get into it. I'm talking about linazolid today. Uh, the brand name of this medication is Zyvox. And this medication is an antibiotic for infection. We've got uh, oral and IV Uh, capabilities there that we can give this medication. Uh, Primarily, you know, it it can be used for a variety of different infections, some off-label and things like that. Um, Primarily, probably skin and soft tissue infections and pneumonia are going to be the most common, um, but you may see it for uh, various other things as well. So there's two at least really big bugs in, in my experience. Uh, that linazolid can help treat. Uh, linazolid is kind of one of those down-the-line type of drugs uh, due to cost and due to its uh, coverage capabilities. So it, it's not going to be um, typically not going to be used for uh, empiric therapy where you know somebody's coming in with pneumonia, uh, boom, you're going to give linazolid. No, that's that's not typically um, how that drug is is going to be given. So the two specific bugs that it's really really helpful in managing and treating are VRE, which is vancomycin resistant enterococcus. So it's kind of right in the name, right? Where if a, if a uh, enterococcus bacteria is resistant to vancomycin. Uh, vancomycin's, you know, considered one of our go-to drugs for uh, certain gram-positive bacteria, and enterococcus is obviously one of those. Um, VRE is a very uh, resistant bug and resistant to vancomycin. So, uh, linazolid does have uh, definitely a, a role to play there, and MRSA. Uh, so methicillin resistant Staph aureus. So we may have certain situations where vancomycin, uh, maybe that specific bacteria is resistant to to vancomycin. Um, maybe vancomycin can't be used for whatever specific reason. Uh, so MRSA and VRE are are two of the bigger kind of resistant bacteria that you may see uh, linazolid used for. Now, how exactly does the the drug work? Uh, Kind of the big blanket statement, this drug inhibits uh, the bacteria from producing, synthesizing protein. 
that's you know kind of a big broad overview. Specifically, uh, it binds to the 23S uh, ribosomal subunit, which is part of the uh, 50S subunit. And this blocks formation of this bigger unit um, called 70S. So it's kind of a detailed process as far as protein uh, productions and, and uh, ribosomal activity and things like that. So, um, yeah, primarily blocks, binds and, and blocks uh, 23S, which is uh, part of that 50S subunit. One of the big reasons linazolid isn't used incredibly often is because of adverse effects and drug interactions. Now, I'll talk a little bit about drug interactions after the break, um, but let's get into the side effects here a little bit first. So, hematologic side effects are kind of a unique uh, thing associated with uh, linazolid. So, lower white blood cell count, lower platelets, and this is why we monitor things like CBC with, typically with, longer-term use. Now, if you use linazolid for one day, three days, and then you switch agents to another drug for some odd reason, odds are likely in that short amount of time, we're probably not going to run into uh, reduced white blood cell count, okay? So typically, this is going to be in situations where this drug is given for a longer period of time, maybe a few weeks, something of that nature. Another potential side effect, uh, kind of unique to linazolid, is neurologic side effects. And there is potential for these neurologic side effects to uh, impair vision, cause optic neuropathy. So that is obviously very, very concerning when you start talking about vision loss as a potential side effect. Again, more likely with extended course, extended duration treatment with linazolid, but it definitely is something we need to be aware of and one of the downsides to potentially using this drug. Uh, lower, uh, kind of, I guess, lower risk side effects, but maybe more common, you may get some uh, GI upset, things of that nature, and particularly kind of ties in with the, the mechanism of action. Um, linazolid does have some MAOI activity. Now, if you remember MAOIs, uh, they can be used in depression, for example, uh, but they are a last-line agent because they cause all sorts of side effects and they have a ton of drug interactions and uh, really kind of a, a messy class of drug. Well, linazolid does have some of that activity as well. So this is something we need to be really careful, really cautious about. And um, like I said, I'm going to talk about that in the drug interaction section. Uh, now for monitoring parameters, I, I kind of mentioned that CD, CBC, uh, complete blood cell count there. Uh, visual, so if you're you've got a patient where they're on longer-term linazolid, uh, you may want to do some visual assessments, nervous system assessments, um, monitoring for uh, neuropathy and, and that type of pain. So those are a few um, important monitoring parameters. And again, you're going to monitor those things kind of the longer you go on with the, the course of therapy, uh, there may be a greater risk of, of running into some of these things. Let's take a quick break here from our sponsor and I'll finish up with drug interactions. We've got a huge list of clinical 
pharmacy resources at meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Uh, we've also got certain uh, materials to help pass board exams like NAPLEX and BCPS, BCACP, uh, geriatric uh, exam there as well. So uh, definitely go take advantage of those uh, resources. Uh, very well priced, uh, all sorts of price ranges um, if maybe you're a student or something like that. Um, but lots of different pearls you can pick up. Uh, audible books, you can get your first Audible book for free, so that's kind of a, a unique thing there. If you've never tried Audible, uh, you can go ahead and snag uh, one of our books right off of meded101.com slash store. Let's finish up on drug interactions with linazolid. And this is where things get really challenging in clinical practice. Uh, one of the things that, that always comes up um, very frequently with linazolid is patients who have depression. Most patients, the drug of choice for depression is an SSRI, and they are probably going to be on one if they've got a, a history of depression. Now, it is generally recommended to avoid using linazolid with an SSRI. So we get a situation, we've got an infection that needs to be treated with linazolid. What do we do? And from a clinical perspective and making decisions in real life, this is a very, very challenging decision because we know that SSRIs can interact with linazolid and increase the risk of serotonin syndrome. But we also know if we're presented a situation where we've got an infection that we're going to likely need to resolve that infection. So if you can hold off on giving linazolid, if you can find another agent, substitute, replacement, to linazolid, those are a couple of things to think about. Uh, the other thing to think about is holding the SSRI, let's say, you know, Prozac or Zoloft, for example. So can we hold that drug and try to minimize the risk? Now you run into other challenges when you, uh, let's take Prozac, for example. Prozac has an extremely long half-life. So that drug is still going to be in their system even if you stop it on Tuesday and you start linazolid on Wednesday. So that kind of presents an, an added challenge. Um, as far as a true uh, clean-out period, as far as stopping a drug and allowing all that drug to get out of the system, you're probably looking at one to two weeks for most SSRIs and maybe up to two to four weeks plus for a drug like fluoxetine or brand name Prozac. So this is a really, really challenging interaction to try to figure out, and it really goes on a case-by-case -case situation. Uh, you may have patients with varying degrees of depression as well. Some might be mild depression. Some might be very severe where they're at risk for uh, suicide and, and, you know, rapid, basically, um, decompensation. So... Um, has to be done kind of on a case-by-case -case basis, but looking for alternatives to linazolid and or holding, reducing dose. I, I've seen lots of different things done, uh, but that interaction is real and there is potential for serotonin syndrome. So whichever path uh, you choose based upon the individual situation you're working with, um, very, very critical to monitor those patients 
and um, make sure we are doing things as safely as we possibly can. And obviously, um, treating that infection. That's something else you're going to also look at is how severe is this infection? Is it life-threatening today? Is it life-threatening in a week? Is it not life-threatening at all? Uh, another kind of clinical thing that, that you're going to look at there. There are definitely lots of other interactions uh, with linazolid. Uh, that serotonin one is a really big one. Uh, MAOIs, you're probably you know, virtually never going to want to use uh, linazolid with that type of drug. Uh, TCAs, which I talked about in a previous podcast as well. Uh, so the amitriptylines, things like that, those drugs are going to have some serotonin activity. So you could run into the same thing uh, as SSRIs. Uh, same thing with SNRIs, so duloxetine, uh, venlafaxine, those two medications uh, commonly used uh, for treatment of uh, depression and or in some cases pain, uh, neuropathic type pain. So keep an eye out for drugs. If you see linazolid, I would strongly encourage you to uh, look up the, the drug interactions. Or if you've got a situation where somebody might be considering using linazolid, have to, have to uh, keep an eye out for drug interactions. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, go take the time to support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. You can find all our resources there. Uh, if you like the podcast, rating, review on, on iTunes or wherever you're listening, incredibly appreciative of all of you who have done that already. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, LinkedIn's a decent way to do it. Uh, reallifepharmacology.com as well. Hit the contact button and that email will go uh, right to me. So we'll leave it at that for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, take care and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.